When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am finally back. I have returned from the heavens of St. Martin to bestow my voice upon your earbuds or speaker of sorts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 9191 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for coming back as I have been gone for a week. But it seems like it's been 10 weeks. It seems like it's been forever since I've sat in this chair, recorded an episode, or simply just be here at the shop, Murph's Car Town and Sports Shop. It feels like it's been forever since I have done this. But I am back. I have returned, and I cannot wait to dive into this episode. There is so much. So much Boston sports to talk about and a lot of the topics from that from maybe like last week, maybe that stuff I would have talked about on Monday or Friday. I'm not going to really brush up on all too much like the Patriots Jets game. I'm not going to really talk too much about because the Patriots played a game on Sunday being yesterday. So it'd be kind of pointless to talk about the Jets game. Also, the Red Sox winning streak that they went on, how cute it was until they got swept. I'm not going to talk too much about that either. And I just want to dive in on, obviously, the Patriots game against the Saints from yesterday. I want to wrap around the league uh, in terms of week three results, see uh, a couple teams get some surprise wins, a couple teams getting some surprise losses. And then, of course, I do want to talk about the Red Sox and their current, or I guess their most recent three games series that they played against the Yankees where they got swept. We will update ourselves with the Major League Baseball's wild card standings as it was looking really good for a while with the Sox on their winning streak. But now it's kind of crumbled away and it's not looking all too hot right now, although you still hold the second wild card spot, but not by much. And then, of course, we will talk a little bit about the Bruins. Obviously, they had their first preseason game yesterday. Not a lot to talk about, but there's definitely a few pointers I do want to kind of address as Bruins hockey is back. And come Friday's episode, we do have some Celtics to talk about as their first preseason game is on Monday, October 4th. So we will definitely dive in a little bit more into that later this week, even into next week as well. Before I dive into anything, though, before I dive into anything, any sports related topic I feel like it would be unjust 
I feel like it would be unfair if I did not talk about the wedding and the honeymoon. Can I have a few minutes to talk about this? I mean, I know it is my podcast, and I guess I could theoretically talk about whatever I want. But I like to adhere to the listeners and what they want to hear. They may not want to hear about my wedding or honeymoon. They could give two flying shits about it, and that's fine. You can skip ahead. But I feel like some people might want to hear about it. I mean, it's a big moment in one person's life is getting married and going on a honeymoon, right? And I just kind of want to I just want to talk about it. I want to sit and talk about it because, yeah, I was able to talk about it with Kim. But I kind of just want to sit back, relax, and just enjoy like 10 minutes or so. Just put myself back there, reflect, and just kind of enjoy it in a storytelling perspective. So let's start about the wedding. Now, the wedding was beautiful. Gorgeous day. It was supposed to rain like 50-60% all throughout the week. And then every day it was like 50, 40, 30, 20 in the morning. And then come the day, not a drop of rain. Absolutely gorgeous. It was warm outside, not too hot. It wasn't cold at all. It was just an absolute beautiful, beautiful ceremony. And I would do anything to go back and do it all again because it was just awesome. For those that are out there listening that are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those that may not be married, getting married or don't care about marriage, I guess, then you might not know what I'm talking about. But it, it was incredible to see, you know, friends, family, yeah, some strangers just all being there to help celebrate you and obviously Kim's special day. It was very meaningful to both Kim and I. It was awesome. And then, but most importantly, her walking down the aisle was a thing of beauty. Loss of words, crying, tears, waterworks, and everything like that. You bet that was me. I'm not one to cry. It takes a lot for me to cry. I don't know if it's because just things don't get me to cry or sometimes I physically can't cry. But trust me, I was crying. I was Waterworks, Niagara Falls, uh, Buzzards Bay, Waterwiz, you name it. My eyes were flowing. Happy tears, obviously. I mean, come on, guys. For you guys listeners out there, when you saw your wife or you will see your future wife, you know or you will know exactly what I'm talking about when you think back to this episode if you eventually get married. Or if you're already married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Having that, having your girl, your fiance, technically at that time when she's walking down the aisle, she's still your fiance, right? Think of beauty, her in that beautiful white dress, all dolled up, makeup, smiling, happy, pretty. Oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And the ceremony was awesome. My cousin-in-law, he did it. He did a great job. Oh my goodness, it just nerve-wracking honestly but being able to look back at it yeah the nerves were there and I'm not going to deny that but holy smokes holy smokes it was fantastic we go inside then obviously after pictures we go inside we do the introductions the first dance and let me tell you after the first dance the night went so quickly my cousin-in-law Jay who was the efficient for the wedding that you know conducted the marriage for us the ceremony he told, he told us countless times, oh, it's going to be the quickest night of your life. It's going to go so fast. 
And I was like, probably, but you know what? I'm, I've worked these weddings before because I used to work at a function hall, the same function hall, actually, that uh, Kim and I got married at. That's where we, that's where we met. And I was like, oh, those nights used to last forever. It's not going to be that quick. But let me tell you how wrong I was because when I sat down to eat my soup, the night flew by and I feel like we were on the last song. Holy crap. But those five hours in between, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. What was the ceremony at six? The last uh, the last song was at like 1130, so five and a half hours. I will absolutely never, ever forget those five and a half hours. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I, I have to stop saying fantastic, okay? I'm, while I adjust myself in this chair, I got to stop drowning out the word fantastic. It's just... What other word? Happy. It was glamorous. It was exciting. It was special. It was meaningful. It was loving. It was caring. Oh, it was exhilarating. It was exuberant. It was fantastic. All right. I, 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 it was awesome to see family, friends, loved ones. Um, just everyone was there to celebrate Kim and I. And honestly, we, yeah, we did not get to go around to thank everybody, but we would like to think that people, Everybody did come up to us at some point because there was a lot of people there. Hard to thank everybody. Pictures were getting taken, this and that, and everything in between. If I could go back, I would definitely do it again. I just want to relive it. A lot of people, the, the wedding night or the wedding day is the most special and the best day of one's life. Obviously, until kids arrive. And quite frankly... That stands true for me. And I would like to think it stands true for Kim too. But you know what? Let me ask her and I'll get back to you on that for maybe Friday's episode. So wedding, absolute success. So many people said they had fun. They enjoyed seeing people. The food was great. That, you know, we looked awesome. Kim looked gorgeous. The music was great. Drinks, this, that. and Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, stop saying fantastic. Uh, every time I catch myself saying fantastic, I'm, I'm, I'm going to catch myself. So with all that being said, if you're listening and you did show up to the wedding, thank you so much. And we really appreciate your support, your presence, your presence, not present, not like a Christmas present, just your physical embodiment presence on, on Kim and I's special day. And quickly, I know my 10 minutes of talking about this is running out soon. I do want to talk about St. Martin, obviously, down in the Caribbean. We were on the Dutch side. And for those that may not know about St. Martin, I certainly didn't know this, that there's two different sides to the country. There's like a Dutch side and a French side based off of when the French and the Dutch, you know, claimed the island or inhabited the island way back, way back 400, 300 years ago. And it was interesting. I mean, I've been to the Caribbean islands or a bunch of Caribbean islands before. Awesome experience. Great people. The culture is out of this world, whether it's food drinks people like i said activities things to do it was nuts and i think saint martin had a lot of similarities to other caribbean islands but on the other hand they had a lot of differences and i think that really what makes saint martin different than say saint thomas or you know barbados or, you know pick any other caribbean island and you could say the same thing about them too you know tortuga or you know barbados like i said puerto rico even aruba just you know all those islands have a lot of similarities and a lot of differences, and St. Martin is no exception. Basically what I'm trying to say. It was gorgeous. The resort was awesome. 
since we were on our honeymoon, we got a small little upgrade from like the third floor. It was like, I don't know, five, six floors, the resort from the third floor, which was going to be our room to the first floor, which is, you know, you walk out, boom, the beach is right there. You take a right, you walk a hundred feet and boom, there's the pool with a swim up bar. That was Kim and I's favorite part was a swim up bar. Happy hour, 4 to 7 p.m. Oh, my goodness. I just want to go back. I just, oh, I just want to go back. Oh, I missed it already. Happy hour. You get two drinks for $7. Obviously, select drinks. But you can't beat that. And, tradi- and traditionally, the beer down there was cheap. It was like $3 for like a Corona or like a Coors Light, this beer, that, you know, their local stuff. $3 can't complain absolutely cannot complain Kim and I tried not to get burgers or pizza down there did we get pizza I don't think we got pizza but we got burgers a couple times yeah because we wanted to really try you know the seafood because when you're down in the Caribbean or like on an island on the coast seafood is big down there shrimp calamari fish and I think Kim and I did the best we could with that obviously money was a factor and None of us could afford to buy this $100 plate of uh, fish, salmon, whatever. So, oh, man, I miss, I think I miss the resort and the swim bar more than I do miss St. Martin, all honesty. Let's see, down in St. Martin, Kim and I did ATV riding. It was like a tour for five hours. We did horseback riding, which was a little tour of like the southernmost part of St. Martin, which was beautiful, sunset, champagne. Uh, we went, the horses went swimming and we were like riding them while they were walking in the water. Crazy cool. I didn't think I was going to have as much fun on it, but I, I had so much fun on it. Vlogs for both of them will be coming out fairly soon. And vlogs for the entire trip will be coming out soon. I promise. This is my first day back here in the studio. I got to hit the editing. Trust me, I'm going to. I want to try to get a couple out this week in addition to obviously the podcasts. But yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up there for talking about the honeymoon and the wedding because, like I said, we do have some sports stuff to talk about. But yeah, any questions, anything really, definitely reach out to me, social media at Murph's Car Town or down in the comment section below if you're watching this on YouTube. Happily answer any questions, any questions within reason, of course. But yes, let's let's jump into the Patriots versus the New Orleans Saints where we saw the New England Patriots fall to the Saints 28-13. to That game easily could have been a lot worse. Saints kicker Rojas, was it um, Andre Rojas? What's his first name? Aldrich Rojas missed two field goals. So put that 34-13, now you're looking at a blowout. Tough. That is absolutely tough. I really have nothing good to say about the Patriots, quite frankly, in this game. Mac Jones threw for three interceptions, although two of them weren't really his fault. Uh, one was kind of a heave. That That's absolutely his fault. I, no, did it get tipped? I think it was going down. He tried, He just tried to throw it. I don't know if it got tipped. I can't remember. Like tipped to the line of scrimmage or not. But I just think he should just take the sack there. Another one, John o. Smith dropped it. Um, Malcolm Jenkins caught it, ran it in for six. And then obviously the third one was late in the fourth quarter when he was trying to make a play happen. I think it was Aguilar or Bourne, I think, kind of overran it. And then it was picked off by Marshawn Lattimore. Went 30 for 51 with 270 yards. 
obviously him passing was a big factor because Damian Harris had six carries. White won until he got injured. J.J. Taylor with one. Brandon Bolden had three carries, and then Mac Jones had six carries himself. Uh, obviously, they, those weren't design runs. So, I mean, he's dropping back 60 times-ish. I mean, I feel like the running game was just a non-factor at all. The first half, they couldn't get anything going. They got three points in the, in the second quarter. Great. Three in the third. Cool. But this game was definitely in the balance in terms of passing because the Patriots running game it was non-existent Patriots defense couldn't stop the Saints in their running game because Kamara had 24 carries for 89 yards nothing spectacular I mean 89 yards is cool but on 24 carries Taysom Hill had six carries for 32 that's really it honestly I mean Jameis Winston didn't light you up he was 13 for 21 with 128 yards and two touchdowns so it's not like he lit you up for 405 touchdowns. What went wrong? You just couldn't stop the Saints running game because the running game set everything else up. The running game set literally everything else up for the New Orleans Saints. Is it an interior problem? Is it a, a linebacking problem? I don't know. I think the secondary itself is fine. I think J.C. Jackson's doing fairly well as the number one. I mean, look at the Saints receivers. The top receiver was Marquez Callaway, who had four receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown was on a Jameis Winston falling down, just throw it in the air so I don't take the sack, and Callaway miraculously comes down with it, and he's 6'3", and Jonathan Jones is 5'10", covering him. I mean, Deontay Harris, 3-for-31, Kamara, 3-for-29, and that's it. Like I said, Jameis Winston didn't light you up. And it's not a secondary problem that the Patriots had yesterday. It was a front seven problem. You couldn't stop the run. A lot of the same issues from last year. Can't. What was that noise? Sounds like next door is doing something. Anyways, it just seems like you can't stop the run. Why? You have Jawan Bentley, Dietrich Wise, David Godshaw, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore. Kyle Duggar, Matthew Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, Henry Anderson. I mean, Chase Winovich even. Not even he's not even getting a lot of playing time. But what is the issue? What's the issue? Why can't we stop the run? Yes, Alvin Kamara, top five running back in the league, year in and year out ever since he became the full-time starter for New Orleans a couple years ago. Fine. You gave up 89 yards. That's that's doable for a top, for a top five running back. I'll take that nine times out of ten. On twenty four carries, even better. But then you throw in the Taysom Hill stuff, and then you throw in Jameis Winston kind of scrambling to extend the play a little bit, and then you just throw in like key third downs and fourth downs. Well, I guess mainly third downs. I don't know why I said fourth downs, but key third downs where it's like third and short or even like third and medium, and you just can't get a stop. Towards you know. When the Patriots scored their, their first touchdown, what was it, in the fourth quarter, the Saints got the ball back with nine minutes to go or whatever. The defense just came off a three and out. It's like, all right, you know, get another one. You know, don't waste too much time, maybe a minute or two. But back in this. They'll punt and we'll be back in this. Mac Jones is heating up. The offense is heating up. But then the Saints go down. They waste seven minutes, seven-plus minutes. In, all on the ground, basically. There might have been a few passing plays, but it was mainly on the ground. 
Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill just destroyed you and you couldn't get stops. Yeah, there was countless second and third downs where you could have made plays and stepped up, but there weren't there were no plays made. And that was the frustrating part. That was the absolutely the frustrating part. What do I expect from this team moving forward? I honestly couldn't friggin' tell you. Because you're playing the Bucks and a lot of people are expecting the Patriots to lose, myself included. I, I, I really do not see a way that the Patriots win this game. Now, could Mac Jones simply outduel Tom Brady? Sure, I guess that could happen any given day. Is the Patriots' defense going to step up and stop Tom Brady? I, I don't know. Do I think the secondary can dance with all the weapons that the Bucks have? Maybe a little bit, maybe for like a quarter or two until Brady and the offense makes adjustments. What about the run game? You know, Tampa Bay doesn't have the strongest of run games. Patriots are supposed to have a really good front seven, so could you neutralize that and put all the pressure on Brady? I mean, I, you kind of have to hope for that because if Brady's throwing the ball all around and the Bucks have a run game going, forget about it. And I just don't see the Patriots' defense stopping the Buccaneers' offense to the point where the Buccaneers have to rely on the running game in order to win this. I just don't see that happening. Nothing has shown me that the Patriots can win playing defense. I have yet to see anything that showed them being able to win or have winning plays on defense. You know, I'm even going to throw out the Jets game because that's against the friggin' Jets of all teams. Why should I take that into account? Yes, it's a game. Yes, it matters. Okay, great. Yes, top... You know, two quarterback, you know, second overall pick taken, a lot of promise in New York. I get it. I get it. I get it. But come on. There's still the Jets. They still suck. They don't have any superstars on that team. They're not even going to be good this year. Next year, I don't know. Do I like some of the pieces that they have? Sure. Do they have the potential to be good next year and a couple years from now? If Zach Wilson pans out, but those, you know, two interceptions by J.C. McCord, uh, J.C. McCordy, J.C. Jackson, and then what Devin McCordy had one, I believe, himself. It was like four interceptions. I'm not going to say, oh, those four interceptions are going to be fantastic, and the defense will be able to stop Tom Brady in the Bucks' offense. No. Because nine times out of ten, 99 out of 100, Tom Brady's not going to make those same mistakes Zach Wilson made. Got to stay hydrated. I have to stay hydrated here. I I don't know. Patriots should be 2-1 right now. They should have won the Dolphins game. They beat the Jets. Expected. The Saints game, a lot of people, myself included, pegged as a win. Not a lot of people believed in Jameis Winston to be able to carry this team into Foxborough or just in general and just win some games. But a lot of people forgot about how good that Saints defense was. Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, where is he? Marcus Williams. Um, come on, where's the other guy? Um, Carl Granderson. Oh, I'm missing one more. Um, Cam Jordan. There we go. Cameron Jordan. Like Those are some big names. Marcus Williams in the secondary. This Saints team's good. This Saints team is good. I still think the Bucks will win the division. And it's looking like the Saints are good enough to make the playoffs. 
Playoffs? We're talking playoffs? <laughs> but we should be 2-1, and 3-0, and oh, and then everyone expected the Patriots to lose against the Bucks. Then they're 3-1 and one then, or 2-2 two and two at the worst. Yeah. I do not want to imagine what these three games would have been like if Cam Newton was the quarterback. Oh, Lord have mercy. Save me. Save me from that thought. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it until I just said it. Oh, my God. Just imagine that. I don't want to imagine that. I want to get off this topic. So those are my thoughts about the New Orleans Saints and the New England Patriots game from yesterday, Sunday's game. Patriots lost 28-13. to I will dive more into the Patriots versus Buccaneers Week 4 matchup for Sunday Night Football on Friday's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. That'll be episode number 92. So please tune in for more analysis and breakdown about that game come Friday's episode. And if you hear a noise in the background, it's me playing with the door of my desk. Listen, that's that's my that's my desk cabinet. It's not me farting. Yeah, I can do it on command. It's just it's the door. Okay, I keep playing with it. It sounds like a fart. Let's just be mature. Get your laughs out. I'll do it one more time. There you go. All right. So please pardon that noise. It's the cabinet. Listen. All right, we're are we, are we all are we all are we all got the giggles out? All right, good. So let's just wrap around the league real quick. Panthers beat the Texans twenty four to nine. Panthers look really, really good. Can they sustain this? I doubt it. But holy crap, they look really good. They looked really good. I know it's against the Texans. Yeah, they played the Jets, but they also played the Saints, who look good themselves. Is this sustainable? Like I said, I doubt it, but. Nice little story through the first three weeks of the season. I definitely want to see more. Um, Chargers beat the Chiefs 30-24. to What a game. What a shootout. A lot of people expected this game to be really good, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of people picked the Chiefs to win this game. But the Chargers pull it out. Chiefs are 1-2, and two, last in the division. Chargers, what are the Chargers? 3-0? 2-1. They're 2-1 right now. I, I said at the beginning of the year, I think the Chargers could make the playoffs, and I, I think they still can. I mean, they're showing a lot of good momentum, a lot of good plays offensively, defensively, being able to stop the Chiefs when it needed when it needed to be when they needed to be stopped, when it mattered the most. And Chiefs, do they have some problems? They're not looking good right now through three weeks. I don't know. I don't know. I said that the Chiefs are going to slowly start falling off. Is the cliff for the Chiefs now? I don't think so, but maybe. But maybe. Arizona Cardinals beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-19. Cardinals move to 3-0. and Jaguars move to 1-2. Absolutely gross. I'm sorry, they're 0-3, excuse me. Jaguars are 0-3, my fault. They haven't won a game since, what, they were 2-0 last year? And then they just, they've won 17 straight games, whatever that number is now. It's like one of the longest losing streaks in NFL history. Uh, Cardinals, they look really good. They look like a playoff contender. It's weird and it's weird for, you know, early success for teams, you know, Panthers, Chargers, Cardinals. 
is it too early to say that they're you know they're legitimate contenders? Are they just having a little bit of uh, early season luck? It's gonna be tough to say. I want to kind of gather more information and kind of make my, I guess, a more long term opinion come week six. You know, roughly a third of the way through the season. Could that be too late for some teams? You know, maybe like you know your two and three teams, your three and three teams. We'll have to wait and see. Bears lose to the Browns twenty six to six, where the Bears only get one positive yard, what one net yard of offense, because Fields took nine sacks or whatever it was and had like. 77 passing yards and the sacks totaled like 76 yards or whatever whatever that number was holy crap i started him in one of my fantasy leagues just because i thought he was gonna ball out show out this is my team screw andy dolan i'm here to beat the quarterback the fans want me i want them i thought it was that kind of game boy was i wrong boy was i wrong andy dalton looks like he's gonna be the quarterback for a lot longer than we thought Bills beat the Washington football team 43-21. to Not a good game for the WFT. Taylor Heineke coming back down to earth a little bit. Bills looking like the Buffalo Bills as old as they now move to 2-1. and And the football team moves to 1-2. and Colts lose to the Titans 25-16 down in Tennessee. I ain't get really nothing much to say about it. Carson Wentz looks as bland and boring as ever. Ryan Tannehill... 997 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Derrick Henry, 28 carries for 113 yards. Beast, a monster. I got really nothing else to say about that. Colts 0-3, Titans 2-1. Titans starting to you know rebound a little bit. Colts, a lot of promise this year. I didn't believe in them, and it's starting to look like they're going to suck this year long term. I already mentioned the Saints beating the Patriots 28-13. Falcons beat the Giants 17 to 14 in the Meadowlands. Uh, yeah, I got nothing about them. Oh, uh, Eli Manning was honored at halftime. You know, as his number got retired and he went up to the Ring of Honor for the New York Giants. You know, congratulations, Eli. As much as I hate you for what you did in the two Super Bowls against us, I will always respect a athlete and a competitor. Congratulations on a fantastic career. Well-deserved number being retired and up in the ring of honor. You can still go pound some sand for those two Super Bowl that we played against you. Um, Giants 0-3. Falcons 1-2. A lot of promise for the Giants. I don't want to say a lot of promise because I guess a lot. Of, I think Giant fans are like sick of the Giants. But like NFL and analysts or pure unbiased people, low-key kind of think that the Giants had a shot this year. But I, I never did. I never did. Um, Bengals beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh 24-10. to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase looking good together as ever. Joe Mixon, 18 carries for 90 yards. Jamar Chase, four receptions, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger threw for 318 yards on 58 attempts and 38 completions, but only had one touchdown and two interceptions to show for it. Najee Harris, though, what a monster game. 14 carries for 40 yards. Nothing crazy. But 14 receptions for 102 yards. Holy smokes. Dude was eating. Claypool had nine receptions and then literally falls off a cliff. McLeod, Smith-Schuster, Freermuth, Freermuth, Washington, all three receptions. Yeah, not a good day for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they move to one and two. Has the cliff come? 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger because that division, that AFC North, I've said this for a long time, is going to be a good one. You know, the Browns seem to be the favorite. The Ravens don't want to go away. The Bengals look promising. What did the Steelers have? An aging Big Ben? Cool. Speaking of the Ravens coming off of their win against the Chiefs, they beat the Lions 19-17. Nothing crazy in terms of stat lines except from Justin Tucker. Hits a 66-yard field goal, breaking, shattering the NFL record to win the game. Got a little bounce in terms of help as it hit the bottom crossbar and kind of bounced in. But what was it, 19 seconds left or 20 seconds left or whatever? And the ball in like their own 25 or whatever, no timeouts. Fourth and 19, Lamar Jackson still able to make plays to get them in a position to kick a desperate field goal, but a field goal nonetheless that was made by one of the greatest kickers of all time in Justin Tucker. Lamar Jackson still a running quarterback, no matter how you want to look at it. I don't believe him. Believe in him. Believe. Blah, 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 blah. Believe in him as much as a lot of other people do in terms of passing. Fantastic runner. Don't get me wrong. Broncos shut out the Jets in Denver, twenty-six to zero. Zach Wilson, hundred sixty yards, two interceptions. Still, still struggling for him and the Jets as they're now zero and three. Broncos moved to three and zero. Teddy Two Gloves looking good, 235 passing yards, no tutties, no ints, 19 for 25 in terms of completion. I don't know, man. This this team, this Broncos team could be one of those too early to tell kind of cases, but really good defense. Shockingly consistent or shockingly good, but consistent offense. I don't know. I don't know. Broncos might be able to make some noise, but. Let's wait till week six. Raiders beat the Dolphins in overtime 31 to 28. Um let's see, what was it? The Raiders got a field goal, the Dolphins got a field goal, and then the Raiders kicked another field goal eventually to win the game. Derek Carr, 386 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 yards. <sighs> Nothing really else to kind of go crazy about Jacoby Brissett in his first start for Miami looked fairly decent uh, 215 passing yards 32 completions 49 attempts 32 completions for 49 yards I'm, I'm sorry 32 completions for 215 yards that's it yeah man I, I guess that's it yeah oh Jalen Waddle had 12 receptions for only 58 yards this is like um, a first time since like some guy in like the 70s or whatever had like 13 or 14 for like similar absolutely nuts absolutely nuts vikings win against the seattle seahawks 30 to 17 in minnesota i clicked on the wrong game uh russell wilson 298 yards one touchdown chris carson 12 carries 80 yards and a touchdown kirk cousins looking really good 30 for 38 323 yards and three touchdowns Alexander Madison in replace of Dalvin Cook, 26 carries, 112 yards. That's why you don't pay running backs the big bucks because they're so easily replaceable. Yeah, there's only a select few of top five running backs. Hence the term top five. But when they go down because they're workhorse three down backs, 
you're gonna need people to fill in and then like the people that fill in they're a lot cheaper and they give you a lot of the same production maybe not as consistent but saves you a lot of money I, I don't know I you just paid Dalvin Cook too so it's not like you're just gonna cut him or trade him right now but it's kind of why you don't pay running backs Justin Jefferson nine for 118 yards one touchdown Oh, Madison also had six uh, receive six receptions. Excuse me for fifty nine yards. Nuts, nuts, nuts! I thought the Seahawks were easily going to win that game, but they lost by two touchdowns. Packers beat the 49ers thirty to twenty eight. Packers seem like they're back on track. See, uh, 49ers getting their first loss of the year. Rogers two hundred sixty one yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 19 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown himself. And Devontae Adams doing Devontae Adams things. 12 receptions, 132 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, nothing really spectacular from the 49ers' perspective. George Kittle, 7 for 92. That's really kind of it. All right, and moving on to the last game, which is the Eagles versus Cowboys. Monday night, tonight, 8-15. Who do I think will win? I'm going to pick the Cowboys because I don't really believe all too much in the Eagles. But that is going to be my little splur around the NFL. I don't want to recap it because there's a lot of games, and I think you guys already kind of know the outcomes of those games. Or you can just rewind this podcast. Either way works for you and me. Do, 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 do. What is it? This is a theme song. Ba, ba, bum for you and me. Something, something for you and me. Is that a SpongeBob song? Ba, 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 for you and me. Oh, that's going to bother me now. I can't think of that. Anyways, let's leave football and dive into Red Sox baseball. Beautiful winning streak that they went on. How many games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven game winning streak. They wore the yellow jerseys a bunch. And then they get swept by the Yankees at Fenway Park. In the final homestand of the season and one of the most critical series of the year as the Red Sox were up two games on the Yankees and now they're one game out. Right? Or were they one game up? One even, one up. I don't know. I don't want to do the math right now because I'm not looking at it. But, oh, absolutely tough loss. Tough three losses for the Red Sox. And, boy, was it a brutal three losses. Pick any of them. It was absolutely brutal. Close games for a lot throughout a lot of the innings in each game, but at the end of the eight, at the end of the day, the Yankees made the plays and are now atop the wild card standing. So what does this mean for the Red Sox? Well, to just be blunt about it, they need to get their shit together quick because you have three games against the Orioles and then three games against the Nationals, which in all honesty should be six wins. Right? Nationals, 64-92. and 92. They flirted a little bit with a potential division for a bit, like in August after the trade deadline. But then they fell right off because they knew they sucked and they wanted to get a good draft pick. Can't blame them. Orioles, they've sucked for eternity. They're 50-106, and 106, bro. 50-106. and 106. I mean, come on. You've been sucking and tanking for so long. How are you not relevant yet? Okay, I'm not going on Orioles tangent right now. Won't do it. But, like, seriously, the Red Sox need to win five of these next six games against the Orioles and Nationals. 
because the Yankees and the Blue Jays play each other for a three-game series. So that's going to be a bloodbath because the Blue Jays are one game behind you and the Yankees are one game ahead of you. Plus the Seattle uh, Mariners are two games behind you, so they're still flirting with it. And yes, it's a long shot, but still the Oakland Athletics are three games behind you. Like I said, long shot, but still it's a possibility Ironically enough, the Mariners and the Athletics play against each other, so the winner of that series will probably be the lone team standing in terms of mathematically relevant, mathematically still in contention. Blue Jays, Yankees, no matter how that series goes, both teams will still, I guess if the Yankees sweep the Blue Jays, it's over for the Blue Jays. It's just you can't let the Yankees sweep the Blue Jays and then they just vault way ahead where they can lock up home home field advantage for the wild card game and you can't let the blue I mean I guess you could let the Blue Jays sweep the Yankees and the Yankees will fall out Blue Jays may vault up but I, I I think you can win in Toronto against the Blue Jays winning against the Yankees in New York yeah better story cooler you know headline but if you want to win a championship definitely not the easiest path for the Red Sox to take I still find it incredibly insane that the Mariners are a negative 61 in terms of run differential, yet they're 56 and 70 in two games out of the wild card. Absolutely fascinating. I don't know how, but it is what it is. So there's my little wild card update. Nothing crazy, nothing too long. Red Sox, they got to they gotta win. They got to sweep the Orioles. They got to sweep the Nationals. Yankees, Blue Jays, bloodbath against each other. A's, Mariners, bloodbath against each other. It's going to be interesting. And then looking out west, uh, not out west, I guess in the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals, bro, are on a 16-game winning streak. Remotely locked up the wild card for them after the Mets got eliminated, Padres got eliminated. The Reds and the Phillies are mathematically still in it. But it, that's, that's a long shot. That is an absolute long shot. I guess the Phillies could still win the um, NL East against the Atlanta Braves. And ironically enough, this is what you live for in September. The Braves and the Phillies play against each other. Would you just look at that? Holy crap. I'm really interested to see how the last uh, weekend, I should say last week slash weekend of the regular season pans out. I, I think the Cardinals are going to lock it up here. I think the Braves, after this entirety of the season, I think they hold on. But nothing can be for certain. And then obviously looking in the American League, I hope the Red Sox can hold on. The Yankees looking like, I don't want to say a shoe-in because they got that series against the Blue Jays. So we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. It's going to be completely different come Friday. A lot of things are going to be determined. But at the end of the day, it's baseball and anything could happen. So let's jump over to Bruins hockey. I don't have much to talk about because I didn't watch the game. I just kind of want to comment that it's great to have uh, Bruins hockey back after a disappointing loss last year in the playoffs to the New York Islanders. And I really have a lot of high expectations for this team. This team made a lot of moves, a lot of signings. And I really think that this team is locked and loaded for this year again. We said that last year, the year before, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this year, they went out and made a lot of moves in free agency, bringing in that this player, that player, 
this guy and that guy. I mean, once free agency opened up, they signed like six guys or something like that. I forget the number, but still. Yeah, I know, you know, both the Capitals and and the uh, the Bruins weren't throwing out their best lineups. I know, but beating the Capitals, still a nice little dub, nice little boost of confidence right there. John Moore, two assists, two points. Connor Clifton, one assist, one point. Uh, DeBrusque had a goal. Eric Halla had a goal. Uh, Zaboral had an assist and a point. I guess an assist with a point, I should say. Excuse me. Because DeBrusque had one goal and one point. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure my math is right because, like, the points and the shot on goal is, like, right next to each other. So it makes me think that shot on goal is the points. So just kind of pardon me for my uh, stupidity here. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't wait to see what the Bruins are able to do this year. I have a lot of high expectations, a lot of hope for them. I really think that they can make a big push. I don't think the... Atlantic Division or the Eastern Conference is insanely tough this year like it's been in years past nor like the West I believe is better but it's game one of the preseason what can you expect so honestly there was a lot of stuff that we talked about but I wanted to make this a rather quick episode because I didn't want it to be a one two three hour episode I just wanted to get straight to the point talk about the most important necessities and I didn't really want to backtrack about things from Last week, you know, like I said, the Jets game, the Red Sox winning streak, yada, yada, yada. I want to stay current, recent, up to date with my stuff, although I haven't recorded in over a week. But ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying episode number 91, 91, excuse me, of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really appreciate every download, listen, and everyone that enjoys. I think earlier I said this is episode 90. And now Friday is 91, I think. But today is episode 91, I promise you. I fumbled the bag a little bit earlier, I believe. But episode number 91 in the books. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're watching on YouTube and you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you leave a like and also a comment down below. And while you're down there, please hit that big giant red subscribe button as I would greatly appreciate that. And that's a great way to show support. Probably the best way to show support for not just the podcast, but the channel as a whole and if you're listening on audio only platforms spotify apple google amazon wherever you find your podcast that's where you can find murph's boston sports talk and i really hope that you can download this episode as that would be a great way of support as well but no matter how you're listening where you're listening i really hope you enjoyed today's episode and i cannot wait to get back and record for friday's episode episode number 92 of murph's boston sports talk but between now and then, you guys know that I love you and you know that I will always, always see you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.